This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Today for our teaching time, we're going to go back to St. Paul's letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Now, Paul starts out this section by saying, remember Jesus Christ. Now, that is, you know, you could say that's fairly profound. You know, of, course we, of course we want to remember Jesus Christ. But remembering here doesn't just simply mean hanging on to some long ago memory. This is not the kind of remembering where, like, you get together at a family reunion and you pull out your photo albums and point to people and say, oh, I remember that person. He was just so wonderful. This isn't that kind of remembering. This is the kind of remembering that is actually life changing. We're talking here about remembering in such a way like when we take communion and receive the bread and the wine. We don't just say, you know, it says, as often as you do this, remember me. What we're doing when we take the communion is we are participating with Jesus in his life, in his sacrificial life, in his death and resurrection. Remember, Paul teaches that we have died with Christ and we are buried with him in baptism. What we are supposed to do in this term of remembering is allow the gospel full reign in our lives so that it works its way from our head down to the heart and also down to the end of our toes, if need be, to change us into the image of Christ. That's the remembering we're talking about here. It's sort of like when we talk about believing. It's not just head knowledge, assent to the truth of the matter. It's believing in such a way that our behavior and our attitude in our life is changed. That's why I always wondered when I saw on a syllabus, taking some course, it says behavioral objectives. And I looked at it, I said, what does that mean? It means that if you learn all of that material in that course, your life will be changed for the better, preferably. But it's supposed to change you. So when you latch on and remember Jesus, you're remembering his life. You're remembering a life that was lived to serve other people, to do good to those who are around you, to act and reflect the love of God to the people around you. That's the kind of remembering Paul's talking about here. And he's talking about also the graces in Christ Jesus and the offspring of David is preached in my gospel. You say, well, don't you think that's presumptuous for Paul to say this is my gospel? Because there are several places where it says the gospel of God. That it's God's news. It's God's good news. But here is the difference. Paul so thoroughly identified with Jesus in his life, his mission, and his purpose that the gospel became... Alive through Paul's witness. And that's what we're talking about here. It's being so close and so identifying with Jesus that 
you can actually appropriate the gospel for yourself and say that it's my gospel. It's like when we say, this is my church, this is my car, this is my house. We are claiming those things as our own, but they are gifts of God that have been given to us. But you see, we're actually saying, that's me. That's who I am. And we're supposed to get so close to Jesus that we can say, that gospel, that's who I am. That describes me. So that's how Paul could say it's my gospel. Because it just electrified Paul's life. And obviously, as we remember from the Damascus Road story, it changed Paul inside and out. And that's how he can say, my gospel. Now, he says he's suffering. Bound with chains is a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Just as God refused to let Jesus say chained to his tomb, so God refuses to let God's word stay chained. Just as the Romans couldn't keep Jesus chained by death, so also they cannot keep God's word changed with or to the jailed Paul. God's word, in fact, can't be bound or restrained by anyone or anything in any way. Think about this. For thousands of years now, at least 2,000, people have tried, regimes and governments have tried to stamp out the gospel. They have tried to get rid of the Bible. They've tried and tried and tried. They've killed the followers of Christ. But guess what? There are now still more Christians on the earth than there ever have been at any time in the history of the world up to this point. You can't keep God's word chained up and controlled because once somebody reads it, the seeds are inside. And when the gospel starts working on somebody's heart, it starts changing them. So the gospel cannot be chained. God's word can't be confined to one area. It's like if you are really believing that you can control God's word, you're in the equivalent thinking you can control God. Remember, Jesus was called the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So if you think you can control the word, you're actually saying you think you can control Jesus. I don't think so. So, the word of God cannot be bound or chained up. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. With eternal glory. Think about that. Eternal glory. Forever. Now, the saying is trustworthy for... If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, which is not a good idea, he will also deny us. Now, that's pretty heavy. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. These words are actually 
from an early hymn that was written by the church back in the first century. And Paul is actually quoting from a Christian hymn. And they sang this in their worship services. And if we have died with him, we will also live with him. That's what we were talking about earlier. Where you, you go to Christ and you die to self and then you have life. When you surrender all rights to yourself, that means you then have more freedom than you ever have in your entire life prior to that. Because you are free to live and move. You know, like that song we sing every now and then, I am free to dance. That's exactly what that's talking about. We are unleashed and turned loose and we are now alive and more alive as we have, than we have ever been because we are in Christ. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we hang on, if we don't lose our faith, if we get drawing closer and closer and closer and closer to Jesus, we will reign with him forever in heaven. You ever if you ever read some of those passages in the book of Revelation, it talks about, you know, the elders falling down and worshiping and all those people gathered around the throne. That's what that's talking about. If we endure and hold on to our faith until the end, until Jesus comes or we or he calls me home there in the life of Christ, I'll stand. And that's what that means. We're going to reign with him forever. We will stand forever. We will live in heaven forever with Jesus. Isn't that cool? It's better than the alternative, isn't it? Okay. So, if we deny him, he will also deny us. Didn't Jesus say in one of his parables that if whoever was, would deny me, I'll deny before my Father in heaven? This song warns those who deny Jesus that they themselves will be denied. By doctrine or manner of living, one may deny who Jesus is and deny what he has done for us or deny what he commands us to do. But Jesus said it plainly, but whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful. We cannot deny Jesus, and we must keep our allegiance to him. If one does fall away, it doesn't change who God is. God remains faithful always. That's his nature. That's who he is. God is faithful. Amen? And we can trust him for fill in the blank. Forever and for everything. We can trust him always for everything. It's his nature to be faithful. Now, Paul tells Timothy to remind them of these things and charge them before God, not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Have you ever thought about being able to win somebody to Christ by winning an argument? Not going to happen. Once you present the gospel, unless they're ready to pray the prayer and say, yes, Lord, I trust in you for my salvation, move on. And that's what Paul is referring to here. It's remind those saints in Ephesus of those truths that were just 
He was just talking about that if we've denied with him, if died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we'll reign with him. And then if we're faithless, he remains faithful. Even if we fail, God is still faithful. So Paul tells Timothy to remind them of these things. And the them is the church in Ephesus. Now, Paul also tells Timothy to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. What does that mean? It means to properly deal with the scriptures and the truth they teach and not to read something into them and not to take anything away from them. Because remember, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. So what this means to Timothy is tell people about Jesus accurately. Say what you know about him and then don't add anything to it because the story's already good enough. Just tell them the gospel. Tell them the truth and rightly handle that. Don't abuse the gospel. Don't add your own interpretations in there. Most of the time if we put our own opinions and interpretations to it, we kind of miss the boat anyway. So just tell them the straight gospel. Because as we already discussed, the gospel is not bound or chained. Let the gospel do its work. Let the Holy Spirit use the gospel. So just put it out there and let it do its thing. Because the gospel has the power to change lives. So when we do that and we do it faithfully, it will work in His time. So let God do His thing and let Jesus be Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880, or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.